Thanks for tuning in. This is Down the Fandom Hole, a podcast about the creative side of fandom and its amazing queer community. Join our host, fanfic writer and queer bear extraordinaire, Ayaka Spencer, as she and fellow fan creators share their fandom stories, talk creativity, and discuss inclusive spaces. While you listen, visit patreon.com slash down the fandom hole and check out the free companion post for this episode. There you'll find creative content from today's guests, recommendations and shout outs to other fandom creators, as well as links to follow Aya and her guests. So hop to it and check it out. Aloha. I want to first take a moment to thank Sessie Wrights for recording an absolutely awesome new introduction. If you'd like to hear more from Sessie, check her out on AO3, Tumblr, Twitter, and Instagram under Audio Frickbooks. It's October 1st, 2021, Fandom Friday, and this is the first episode back following my month-long hiatus. Got a lot done, not everything on that to-do list, but most of it. I will still be updating old episodes for the next few weeks and dropping new ones every other Friday, so don't forget to follow and turn on those notifications. I'm Ayaka Spencer, and today's guest is Mahti P., an amazing creator, a wonderfully thoughtful person who I am lucky to call a friend, and who is the artist behind the new cover art for this show. We had a great time chatting about pushing yourself to try new things, being part of the Supercorp zine, and, well, you have to keep listening to find out. So take a moment to settle into your favorite spot, lace up those sneakers, or get ready to work on your whips. Let's get this show started. So thank you for coming on and saying yes to being on the show. Hi. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So to get this started, what are your pronouns? Um, I mean, any pronouns for me work, Mm -hmm. but if I had to pick only one, they, them, because I like them because they're neutral, you know, so yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So they, them. Okay. So let's get this started with. What was the fandom that first inspired you and also introduced you to the idea of fandom? I think it was Once Upon a Time, because I was really into Swan Queen. Maybe I had one before, but the one I remember that I was really uh, intense about it, it was Swan Queen. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I used to read a lot of fanfics and used to, I tried to do a, a, a video to to edit it. It sucks, but at the time I, I was proud of it. <laughs> so You should be proud yeah. of it. I mean, you tried something new. So that's the only thing you can do, right? Got to get out there, give it a try. And if you fall on your face, you get, that's a lesson you learned. I think that's awesome. Yeah, definitely. I I actually did um did a a drawing of one of the characters too. Mm-hmm. At the time, I I only knew traditional drawing, so I did it on pencil. Mm-hmm. It was a cool drawing. I, I liked it how how it turned out. Mm-hmm. Who was it of? So, yeah, it was of. Emma, there was uh, a part of of the series that she she went bad. Oh yes, and, the evil yeah. evil savior, right? Or dark yeah, savior or something then, like that. Yeah, I finished watching that entire thing. 
Well, yeah, so the last I, season. I didn't care that they were in Seattle. Yeah, I did. I didn't watch all of it because I mean, Swan Queen wasn't going to be a thing. Also, the creators were assholes, Why? <laughs> and they were, you know, queer baiting. They they were doing oh, yeah. it a lot. Uh, they acted like childs. Mm-hmm. Uh, we. When they were on Twitter, they mm-hmm. used to talk with fans and stuff like in a really, like, uh, in a really asshole way. Uh, uh, people were like, "Oh, Swan Queen, Swan Queen, we want that, we want this," and then they did an episode that Mulan was in love with with Sleeping Beauty, Beauty Aurora. Mm-hmm. And oh yeah, Mulan. Yeah, and they were like, "Okay, we gave you the gays, so be happy with it." It was basically what they said, and mm-hmm. we were like, "But she didn't even, she didn't even said to her that she was in love." I mean, what? What is this nonsense? We want more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they were like. It was and a then, lot of alluding, except for they did kind of come out to it with um, Dorothy and Red, which yeah, they, it just they, died. They did like a completely random storyline just to make a kiss and say, okay, we we have some representation here. You're happy now? It was just a shut up for the fans you know right it was just like a dog bone and be happy and it's got like less meat on it than anything else exactly so yeah um at a at once i reach a point that i was like um no i'm not gonna watch it anymore Mm -hmm. they're not gonna be together i don't want to be delusional anymore Mm -hmm. so goodbye (laughs) that's why i stopped watching (laughs) It was odd to watch it after the fact because I think I had watched it like off and on when it first came out. And then I was just like, eh, it's okay. And I actually thought Hook had died because I stopped at one point and I didn't realize he lived through the almost the entire thing. He was there for all the other seasons. I'm like, oh, I thought he was dead at one point. But yeah, there was a lot of queer baiting and all that slight sexual tension, seeing it on the screen was just like, hmm. Right, right. Okay. I can see why these two <laughs> could be together, but I can also see why some, um, some in my community are not happy with it. Yeah. And also uh, Lana, who mm-hmm. did uh, The Evil Queen, mm-hmm. she's amazing. She's she's such a great act- actress and she's so good with her her, with her fans she's so kind but jennifer morrison um mm-hmm. when it came to swan queen mm-hmm. just like you know denying that it would happen and that's i mean why would you do that just let your fans like what they're like what they like you can watch a, a show mm-hmm. and you you have your own interpretation, you know? So, you know. <laughs> no, I agree. But 
maybe I'm being, uh, maybe I'm giving her more altruistic motives than maybe she actually had. But what if the, what if the showrunners were queer baiting and she's just like, I guess the best way for me to do this is to counteract that instead of playing into it. So, I mean, I don't know. I've never actually watched the whole interaction she might have had for Swan Queen and stuff like that. But I, I like to think that maybe her motives are more nicer than they might have been perceived. But I yeah, think it's just me. I used to like her, but then mm-hmm. it got into a point that I realized that she wasn't nice to her fans. And I was oh, like, just okay, in general? I, no, not in general, but it, when it came to Swan Queen. And, mm-hmm. and Lana was amazing. She even put her, uh, a sweater that someone did uh, of Swan Queen. She oh, yeah. even wore yeah. it. Uh, yeah and and jennifer just i think she she just chose to be an asshole you know so i liked her but then uh afterwards after you know uh growing a little bit i was like okay i can't support i can't support that anymore nope (laughs) well you know now um lana perilla has a legion of devoted loyal fans because of that i'm sure because yeah. she gave us the respect that we deserve yeah they even have a name called evil regals evil regals yeah that's cool <laughs> yeah. i have to say fans come up with the coolest names for themselves yeah for sure <laughs> but that's nice, right? That makes you feel more part of the community and especially for the people who are having a hard time and maybe wanting to find something they can be a part of. They get to create this pseudo, yeah. not pseudo community, but like a, a sub community that's within something else. You know, I think yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, I really love uh, Supercorp like for years now but I didn't I wasn't in the fandom you know mm-hmm. I just started to really go into the fandom only last year so I'm kind of new to to the Supercorp fandom you know mm-hmm. so it was it was really nice to find people that appreciate this amazing care you know and yeah it's definitely something that helped me through um quarantine and stuff like that so yeah it's definitely a good way to meet new people and yeah to to just forget a little bit of the craziness that is outside Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Um, I only recently came into the Super Corp fandom myself, but now I'm realizing like I like Super Rojas Corp and just a bunch of other Super Corp, Super Girl related fandoms. And it's, 
I remember watching the show because I was like, oh, is Lena Luther and Cara Danvers dating? And then realizing that's not <laughs> what's going on. I'm like, hmm. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm like, all these story, all these great stories where people are seeing these. But then I'm like, I'm seeing the possibilities. And I'm like, oh, okay, I see. And I mean, I, yeah, the whole, now that I realize that's platonic in quotation marks. It's like, huh, <laughs> it would be nice to see it, I think. But I'm also not holding my breath, honestly, for it. And I'm, yeah, I'm like, okay, if it happens, I'm happy. If it doesn't, oh, well, I can keep writing fan fiction. Yeah, when I started to to be a part of the Song Queen fandom, mm-hmm. I really thought they would they would get together. I mean... Mm-hmm. I saw them on Tumblr, and that's why I started to watch the show. So I started uh, thinking that they were actually canon. So when I realized they weren't, Mm -hmm. I was so pissed off. I was like, how? How? This? Mm -hmm. Why? (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know? So, yeah. And it's not like Supercorp and Swan Queen fandom are pulling it completely out of their asses, you know? Just because yeah, we think they'll look good. The foundation, in a way, the um, what I believe Shonda yeah. Rhimes calls the tracks were sure. being, it looks like the tracks were being laid. It had the feeling like, oh my God, this is possible. We, it can happen. We can see a main character being part of the queer community and kind of validate our existence in a way because it's something in the DC and you know, it's just like creating content that can't, came out of nowhere with everything, unless they were just trying to show something else. But why would they do that? You know, if you wanted to be true to canon, fine, be true to canon from the the comics, because I think Lena Luther barely shows up in the canon comics, if I recall yeah. correctly. But here you are, you're giving her this bigger thing and you're creating this very odd, you're creating this very strong friendship between the two characters Yeah. for the craziness of her going crazy in season five, <laughs> you know, because that was just a, a little extreme. But then again, Lex Luthor, I believe, did the same thing, so. Maybe it's just a Luther quality. I don't know. <laughs> Either way, it's fun to write stories about two girls kissing. Yeah, and uh, something I I've listened I listen in your podcast because mm-hmm. yeah I <laughs> I listen to many episodes already and they're great. <laughs> Thank you, and you're making me blush. So, <laughs> uh, what I don't remember who. But someone said something in the lines of, um, I mean, it would be great for them to be canon, but we we can't uh, rely on that to mm-hmm. create, you know? We, it, of course, it would be amazing to see them kiss, but mm-hmm. we're, we're going to keep on creating and doing art and writing and doing edits and manips and everything because mm-hmm. 
we think it's great and we're creating a whole nother world. And another thing I, I listened to someone saying um, was that we create a Kara different from the show. Mm-hmm. We have per- particular things that she would say or do mm-hmm. that we put on our fanfics and on our arts that uh, the fandom just just accepted like her her being uh oh i forgot what what they call her um beef cake <laughs> and people putting this on their art this is so funny i mean i saw the other day um Kara was using a hoodie that it had that written <laughs> it was so funny <laughs> yes it's nice that from like everyone's difference like we create head cannons out of other fix and other artists and yeah. that's kind of it, it's nice to see how within the fan base the characters themselves can be used and utilized and even evolved i mean you rarely see like i think who was it i think a couple of the people i spoke to were really wanted to advocate for mental health you know, to show the walking through the trauma and dealing with the trauma of watching at a very young age, your world blow up, end up in a place where you're suddenly, you're super powered. You have to be careful and think of others before you can really take care of yourself. And uh, what is, what's it called? Um, Moderate what you're doing, which, you know, for someone who's new and anxious and not sure what's going on and in a new language, that's scary, you know, and then you, you don't really get to see that aspect of her learning to deal with it and yeah, being allowed that, to be unhappy in it. Yeah. In the comics, I've, I've read one of the comics that mm-hmm. actually um, showed, showed that part a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And saying that she even had an accent, mm-hmm. which makes sense. I mean, she she came from Krypton with mm-hmm. like what fourteen something like that, and she didn't even have a little bit of an accent. And I know, she right? Just just spoke perfectly mm-hmm. English. You know, mm-hmm. that's a little mm, a little weird. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they sure should should have shown that part a little bit better Mm -hmm. yeah well yeah i mean as a teenager she definitely should have had it when they did the flashback some sort of accent and then kind of learning how to manage that accent in her youth and you could see that and that would be a really great subtle way of showing how she was slowly acclimating to being on earth I mean, those are great small details that would have been amazing to see because Krypton is, I think it was based off of Yiddish, which can be very throaty sometimes. So it would have been great to see her have that throatiness to her talk as a young adult, you know, and then seeing how she learned to manage it as an older adult or a preteen and then adult. Yeah, for sure they should definitely explore that better 
mm-hmm. than they do. You know, what can we really expect from a show that's looking for <laughs> ratings? It's yeah. not like that's their show. The show is superheroes doing superhero-y things. And if you happen to get a really great poignant storyline, Bob's your uncle. <laughs> so <laughs> it would be nice if they started to do that a little bit more and have her face her own demons. And that's her superhero story of the week. Yeah, definitely. So when you think of fandom, what does it mean to you? Fandom. Fandom for me means a, a group of people that really love something, really have something in common mm-hmm. that they love. And they, I mean, I'm going to say the positive part of fandom, of mm-hmm. course, is that it's really negative, but mm-hmm. got to keep it light here. So, <laughs> I mean, it's a group of people that have things in common. Uh, I actually think something in common that they really love and they gather around to, you know, uh, be crazy about it and, and talk their emotions and create and, you know, change conversations about uh, many aspects of that uh, particular thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think it. I think it's sad. <laughs> It's sad that there are the negative aspects of fandom and it's good when we when we can celebrate the more more positive aspects because if we focus too much on the negatives we forget what possibilities at least to me that fandom can create and the whole bonds that we can create with other people who like and enjoy these the same things we do and I think I think that's awesome that when did you yeah. first realize fandom was a thing? Oh, that's a hard question. I, I don't know. Um, maybe once upon a time. So what, what was the first thing you sought out besides fan fictions? Was it also art or was it, what was, you're like, oh my God, there's this thing called fandom and how did you find AO3 and fan fiction, or did you only know about AO3? I definitely found on, on Tumblr all, all of those things. I mean, mm-hmm. about fandom and about um, the art and manips and edits, mm-hmm. everything. And I remember I, I knew more than one, more than one site of um, fan fictions, there there are a lot out there. Ao3, of course, is the it's the most famous one. But I used to read in in other sites too. Like which ones? Oh, I don't remember. I don't remember the the names are of the sites. But yeah, I remember having more than one. Yeah, I remember I was sick in bed when I first learned about fandom and it was just mainly because I was so damn bored. I was like, I got to find <laughs> something to do. And I didn't know what that was. And then I found out people wrote fan fiction. I'm like, what, what is this? <laughs> and then I'm like, Oh my God, there's stories. And Supercorp was the first fandom that I followed. And so that was neat. I have to say 
finding that and going, oh my God, I can write and I can do all these other things with it. And then there's this big community and then there's fan art. It's yeah. it was cool. I'm like, hmm, all right then. You can <laughs> see that happening. Okay. So what are your rituals for crafting? Like, do you want to, do you get quiet? Do you find a quiet space or do you like having background sounds on? Like what gets you in the mood to create or why do you so, create? So uh, I don't really have like a set ritual that I always do. Mm-hmm. So uh, I usually have a list of things I want to draw, like, Oh, I want to draw Supercorp, and then mm-hmm. I have to draw uh, Black Widow, and then I make a list, you know. Mm-hmm. And I start going on Pinterest to really um, give some references and and poses that I could do. And um, I really like to put lo-fi songs. Oh yeah, those I are nice. love. Yeah. I love um, just being relaxed at night and draw a little bit with with lo-fi playing. It's really relaxing for me, mm-hmm. and it just help helps me with the flow, you know. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, lo-fi is nice. Or like uh, when I sit down to write, sometimes I have music of the genre that I need to be in the headspace for and then it'll be on super low so it'll be just like a background talking and you can't really hear it yeah but it you know it's there and it's like okay it's like subliminally channeling your direction yeah I I mean it's not always that I'll put lo-fi sometimes I put Mm -hmm. rock sometimes I put uh, Broadway music musicals so Mm -hmm. it really depends on my mood Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> so what have you found um, inspires you when you create? Like, is it, have you ever read a fanfic and go, I can write this scene. I want to write this scene. Or like, is it just like you think of one character and you're like, what could, what would they look like like this? Is it for practice? Like what gets you creating? What inspires you to create the most? Definitely when I'm, I'm watching when I'm watching a show or when I'm reading some fanfic and I see a, a scene and mm-hmm. then I'll pause and I'll, I'll pick up my phone mm-hmm. and put like the informations of the episode so I can remember exactly the, the scene that I would like to draw. Because mm-hmm. sometimes we want to draw someone, but we just... Uh, don't know exactly which look we would like to give them. So it's easier to have this list if I want to draw, for instance, Lagerta from Vikings or anyone. So I, I do that. So I'll have, I'll have a backup if I, I'm not feeling really creative, you know. Mm-hmm. So you said you started with traditional art. What got you into digital art? When I really got into art was maybe on 2011. Because mm-hmm. before that, uh, I used to um, do some drawings, but it, I just didn't practice that much. But in 2011, 
I started slowly uh, going to that art field. And I mean, I, I still didn't practice a lot. Mm-hmm. And I was uh, seeing a good, a good improvement through the years. But I, I was like, okay, what if I actually practice more? Mm-hmm. I, w- I would be so much better. But I just didn't have the motivation to keep going. But last year, we were all at home and boring as hell. And I was like, okay, I, I should really try digital art. Because mm-hmm. I've been wanting to for years now. And yeah, that's the time. I'm unemployed. <laughs> so yeah, I have nothing better to do. Come on, let's go. So I I bought a tablet and I started exploring and it was amazing. I really liked it. And that was the first time that I actually started practicing like every week mm-hmm. and trying to uh, practice at least a little bit um, every day. Mm-hmm. So in a bad week, I will, I will draw at least once. But in a good week, I will draw basically every day. And of course, I have a lot to learn. And mm-hmm. you, don't, you don't really stop learning mm-hmm. just if you, you know, get accommodated. And this is not good because you always have space to grow. But I, I'm really proud of how far I've come because when I see my first drawings and my recent drawings, I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> how, how? I mean, I have less than a year doing this and I see a lot of improvement. Mm-hmm. And it's not like, oh my God, I have... A- amazing talent you know no Uh it's because of course talent helps but I started really practicing and I'm motivated and you know sometimes I don't get a lot of motivation especially because I'm a really small artist Mm -hmm. and I, I don't have many followers and sometimes I I'll try to do a drawing of something that people are talking about. Mm-hmm. And of course, I'll, I'll pick something that I actually like it. Mm-hmm. I'm not just going to do something because people are talking and that's it. No, I have to like it too, you know. Mm-hmm. But I try to to be strategic a little bit to, to try and grow. And mm-hmm. it's not help, happening how I expected, but... I know I have to be patient mm-hmm. and Instagram is uh, after the, these updates, it's really hard to be uh, a small artist because sometimes mm-hmm. you're just like, you feel like you're shouting in the void, you know, like, oh, nobody's seeing that. Why am I even doing? And then I have to remind myself that I started this because of me. Mm-hmm. I, I'm doing this because I really love, I'm really passionate passionate about this. And of course, it's great to have support, to have people that 
will like and share your art. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I'm doing this because I love doing it. Mm-hmm. And that's enough. So what app do you use to make your digital art? I use Photoshop. And I really want to try like Procreate. A lot of people talk about it. Mm-hmm. But I started with ph- Photoshop because it's familiar for me. You know, mm-hmm. I... I I studied advertising um, on college and I started learning Photoshop back then. It's easier for me because I already know the tools and how, how things work. It allows me to do a lot of things that it, I, I couldn't do in other apps or I, it, would, uh, it would be a long time to learn another another software you know so yeah that's why I started on Photoshop so you finally put this stuff out there how did you overcome that first step of overcoming the fear of rejection or did you not have any well of course I had some but I was like okay um I I always like to share my art so I used to share my art some of my other drawings like traditional drawings Mm -hmm. so I was kind of used to uh, the idea of sharing what I create of course I had some concerns but I didn't let it stop me from sharing it because of course there are people that aren't gonna like my art Mm -hmm. but there are people that will so I'll stick with them you know (laughs) Rejection is, can be scary. I know when I first tried, like when I was going to put my art, my fictions out there, I was yeah. like, hmm, what if someone doesn't like it? What if I write something that doesn't please other people, you know? And so it can be scary to have to overcome that hurdle. But then it's, it also gets a little easier sometimes. You're like, I can do this. It's okay. I think mm-hmm. they'll like this. And plus, it's okay to be able to try stuff, new stuff, right? You're like, you have this audience who are looking for more content and you can help make that content. And it's a nice yeah. way to kind of break out and learn new ways to, I, I don't know what it's called, you know, when you first learn a line and what shading is and maybe yeah. you're trying some new kind of shading or some new form of eyes and you're like, okay, what if I do this to the eyes? And you're like, I like what I just did. And then you share it and you're like, oh, people like it too. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it's great to, to explore and not to be, um, to limit yourself. I mean, uh, of course, a lot of new artists want to rush into, um, into getting uh, their own style and it's great to have your own style but before you have your you know signature your your style you have to really explore others you know uh when i used to draw on traditional i basically only drew realistic drawings 
And if you see my, my digital drawings, they have a lot of different nuances, different styles, because I'm really open to explore as many styles as I can, because mm -hmm. I don't want to rush in and make my style, you know, I, I want it to be natural, something that, okay, I like this and this and this and combine it. And that's my style. So for me to do that, mm -hmm. I have to know of others and I have to follow a lot of artists. So I will get inspirations and, oh, I like how they shade it here or I like how they made this, those lips, you know, and you start to putting things in your art that you really like how other people do and you make your, your own, you know? Yeah. It's nice to be able to try new things. It definitely is. And the only way to figure stuff out is to fall on your face. Right. And sometimes you're like, Oh, I got that easy. Sometimes you're like, God damn it. This is hard. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. So switching it around a little bit, what are you most proud of since becoming part of the fandom, putting yourself out there and sharing your art with people and learning about new people? And I mean, even on getting to know new people, you know, what's that been like and what are you proud of for yourself? What I'm most proud of since I started digital art mm -hmm. is definitely going into the super carp scene project mm -hmm. and i was so afraid i was like okay I, i'm so new to this how am i going to do this and my friend was like so supportive and she was the one who introduced me to this project because mm -hmm. i didn't know it and I found it fascinating. I was like, oh my God, there's this zine that people will buy it and it will help charity. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there are so many artists and writers involved and mm -hmm. that's amazing. And she was like, okay, you could try. And I was like, oh, should I? Mm -hmm. And I was, I was a bit worried, but... Then I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to do it. And here in Brazil, we have a saying that basically if you uh, translate, it's something like you already have the no, you know, because if you don't try it, you definitely won't get it. But if you try it, maybe you have a yes, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> you have to try it to get it. So I was, okay, I'm going to do it. And then I sent my entry and they accepted me. It's like, oh my God, they, they actually, they actually picked me. I was so happy. So, so happy. That's was, awesome because that is not an easy zine to get into the Supercorp one. Yeah. Yeah. And it really, there are a lot of people that, are not good losers, you mm -hmm. know, they, they start harassing people from the zine saying, oh, you only pick 
the same people or uh, you you pick your own friends and stuff like that. And it's not true. I didn't know anyone from the zine and I got picked because they liked my art. That mm -hmm. is all. So, yeah. Unfortunately, it's not like a big bang where everyone can just bring everything. I mean, people who have zines, they have kind of like a, a theme they're going for. And when they find the artists that have that right thing, they, it's an honor. So you're lucky. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> and I don't know what are their, the things that they are looking for, mm -hmm. but I'm happy that I was a part of it. Um, I've met so many wonderful people. I felt so welcomed and they helped me so much, so much. I, my art totally, um, it totally went to a next level to mm -hmm. this project, gave me confidence, gave me experience mm -hmm. and my art is definitely better because of it so and I really like my piece of course um, sometimes I look at it and find some mistakes because from the time I did it and from now I have more experience but it's a great piece and I really I'm really proud of how it turned out and it was amazing to see it actually printed I was like, oh, my God, I'm a, you know, I have, uh, you know, ah. <laughs> You're a published artist. I mean, that's pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, that was uh, what I was trying to say, but mm -hmm. I was being crazy. So, It's yeah, okay. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a published artist. I mean, I can't even believe it. Yeah, it was amazing. And on top of all of it, mm -hmm. We're helping charity and helping a lot of LGBT people mm -hmm. who are vulnerable, who are in bad situations, who are kicked mm -hmm. out. And this is like all of this <laughs> in the same project. This is just mind blowing. It's amazing. Well, yeah, you should be proud. It's awesome to be part of something that big and that motivated to help others you know that's one of the great things about certain zines is that they're like let's bring all these cool people together let's make this and then we can sell it and we can help other organizations yeah. so that's awesome that you were part of it a part of that and i'm a little jealous but i'm so proud of you <laughs> thanks <laughs> another event that we're both kind of taking part in is the argo city exchange What's that been kind of like for you, Learn, meeting new people? It's a smaller event because it's newer. And how's it feel to be like part of the ground up kind of event, which I find kind of cool. Yeah, I found it really cool to be a part of this new project. And I would, of course, like to help it grow and expand Uh, the people there, they are so amazing. And, you know, I've met you and you're a wonderful person and I, I I'm really enjoying our conversations and uh, people are so positive there mm -hmm. you know they're like uh, basically everyone they're cheerleaders who are cheering for everyone like you've got this and and you see someone who's 
a little down and no no you you've got this you you are talented and you, you know so it's a really wonderful space everyone there is so talented and you know i really appreciate this space and right now i i didn't start yet my piece like i i did the sketch but i didn't you know <laughs> put it on digital yet because i'm doing some commissions and i've been has having some personal problems and so yeah but i'm gonna start probably mm -hmm. this weekend and i have a partner that that we're doing a collab and she's doing like a fanfic mm -hmm. and i'm gonna do a piece you know it's linked to that fanfic and it's gonna be fun <laughs> Yeah, what's really cool about this event is you don't have to collaborate because it's an exchange, right? So you yeah. don't have to collaborate with the person that you're exchanging with, but it's something that is an option if you want to, Yeah, which offers a lot of flexibility. And I think that's that's awesome, too. And it's being hosted by Red Cape Morgana, of course, with some helpers. And I actually can't wait to see everyone's um, pieces because you're right. When I'm on there, because I'm not on there as much, it's uh, it's such a positive environment and people are encouraging <laughs> to others and they're positive and it just feels like a nice place to be at, you know? Yeah. yeah and then we talk about all kinds of other things besides fandoms and, you know, it's always cool to be able to yeah. branch out a little bit. Yeah, of course, because it's, it's great to talk about Supercar, but then... Mm -hmm. We have uh, other things in common, and mm -hmm. this is cool, too, to talk about cooking and talk about other mm -hmm. things outside the fandom. It's great. Yeah, and it's nice that the new feature on Discord is to make threads. So every so often, you like to make threads for, like, cat, animals, and <laughs> yeah. food, which is always fun. I'm like, who doesn't like food, especially since Supercorp and... Cara Danvers are involved, right? She loves her food. Yeah, definitely. So let's turn this around a little bit and talk inclusive spaces. Okay. Let me just give you a spiel really quickly. For me, fandom is a great possible tool to make finding common ground much easier. I mean, yes, we have our fandoms and we have our ships that we love, but It's our love of the fan of the fandoms that we've created and the ships that give us the ability to create communities. And what always kind of made me sad was the fact that we can't find common ground because of that. Because like I know that the caramels and the Carlinas or the Supercorps don't always get along. And that always kind of made me sad because not all the fanfics that are going to have Monel are going to be bad. You know, they might go, this character really sucks, but I like the chemistry they have. And I want to give Monel a chance to be a more decent man. The possibilities are there. And so I like to think of inclusive spaces. And so my question to you is when you think of a welcoming, inclusive environment, what does that look like to you? Well, for me, uh, welcome inclusive space would be a space with a lot of different people 
with different backgrounds and opinions, but and they not always um, always agree in everything, and that's okay because people don't agree in everything, but they can, you know, they can be friends, they can talk about subjects that sometimes are outside the, the fandom and people have to respect each other. Mm -hmm. I mean, you don't have to understand me to respect me. So if I say, sometimes I, if I say I'm a non-binary lesbian, many people will question me and say, no, but that can't be it because you're not a girl or a boy, so how can you be a lesbian? But you know what? Just accept I'm saying that I am. So, mm -hmm. yeah, am I doing any harm to anyone? No. So just, you know, just accept me. And if you say that you're, I don't know, any sexuality of, of gender or gender, maybe I won't understand, but I would just, you know, accept and respect you mm -hmm. as a decent human being so yeah for me uh, inclusive space is that you have people from all over you, you know the places and all of the backgrounds and colors and sexual sexuality and you know mm -hmm. so yeah that's that <laughs> Yeah, and I know for myself initially when I meet someone who has a um a label that if they say lesbian and then they say non-binary, it takes me a second to go, wait, what? And then I'm like, okay, I get it. So we have to learn, like I'm trying to do, yeah. that gender can be evolved and the words to describe gender can evolve. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. So it's like creating the more openness amongst ourselves to be able to go, okay, my definition is a rocked a little bit. It's going to take me a moment, but I see you and I want to see you and I want to get to know you kind of thing, you know, because I don't think, and I don't know if this is something you agree with, and I hope I'm not being insulting or anything. I think we need to also make space for people's initial confusion when they're trying to get to under to a place of understanding you know like yeah. it's it's good to be able to go hey i understand this might be difficult i'm here if you want to talk or you know oh, being able to go do you mind if i ask you questions so i can understand you better or because i think that's because i because I, I like asking questions myself I, I, that's one of the reasons i started a podcast besides the fact of being bored because of the pandemic it's <laughs> fucking boring staying at home <laughs> but I, I like learning about people and, and I really do hope I'm not insulting you or anything no and I think that. questions that are kind and want to understand are good things and that that's the only way we can kind of that's the only way we as humans can understand things is to be curious about them and to go okay my world's a little rocked at the moment, but I want to learn and I want to understand and I I want to get to know you as a person better. No, definitely. If 
if the if the question comes from uh from a good place mm-hmm. and not something like intrusive or something offensive then it's okay it's not like if someone uh asks oh what's in your pants you know that they're mocking you it, mm-hmm. it's rude and it's something that you shouldn't have to answer for anyone mm-hmm. so but if someone says oh um I don't know. How do you feel about that? How do you describe it? How how did you find out? <laughs> Things like that. That's all right. So if you ask like respectfully and ask things that you wouldn't mind if someone asked you, because I mean, uh, people people need to have more empathy you know to and and think a little bit like would I like to someone to ask me about my private parts Mm -hmm. or about you know about the hormones I'm taking no I mean some things are are private and, Mm -hmm. and some people don't mind talking about it but if you don't know the person and their limits, you shouldn't, you know, try to cross them all. Mm-hmm. You know, you should be careful, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, questions like, what made you come to this? Or, how, I don't, now I'm like, what would be good questions? I mean, it, it could be trial and error, you know. Maybe That's you, true. you will ask something that it's not cool and the person will say and you'll be like okay I won't ask that again Mm -hmm. so sometimes it doesn't have like a right or wrong because it depends a lot of the person you're asking you know that's true and if you're really just trying to understand like for me I want to try to understand what brought them to this this aha moment kind of like okay what 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 was it about being a girl or being a boy that just didn't resonate with you or um why do you what is it about it that you feel safer showing to other people and more like yourself you know those are the kind of questions like i'm concerned with and then you know you learn about them as you get to know them and then they become more than just the gender they become a person with a name and with a yeah. name that they either chose or that they were given and they're happy with, you know? I really appreciate that you saying like they're a person before that, because a lot of people just, um, you know, uh, they, they uh, talk to someone that they don't know about that gender or about that sexuality. And they just, resume that person into this like no you're this Mm -hmm. and that's all you have you know (laughs) I mean I have other things to offer I'm not my sexuality I'm not my gender it's a part of me Mm -hmm. but it's not all of me you know Mm -hmm. and not to put a lot of pressure on people who are non-binary but I think one of the great things about people who are willing to be courageous and own that non-binary space 
is that it forces people who are very heavily gendered in roles to go, hey, this person doesn't believe in those things and they're capable as a person. They're capable irregardless of being female in quotation marks or male in quotation marks. It's it's pushing out those expectations that we've placed on ourselves, either as women or men, and yeah. allows us to go, hey, my possibilities as a human, as a person is so limitless. And it's not because of my gender. It's because I am alive. I am breathing and I have dreams and I have ambitions and I have a right to want to do them. Whether or not I succeed is really up to whether or not I am meant to, you know, because some people like yeah. work hard for what they want and they never get to where they want to go. And then there's others who like work and then they get to where they want to go and it's great. And but they learn from their failures and they go, you know what, I'm, I'm done failing for now. Maybe I'll do something else. And but these these are not gendered triumphs. These are personal human triumphs. And yeah, that's one. They're for everyone. And of course, people are going to have harder time mm -hmm. uh, depending on how they look. Or they, their gender, because, you know, people suck. <laughs> and uh, uh, the only people that that will get easy are male, white, cis, straight, rich men. <laughs> so, yeah, it, you have a lot of nuances that will make it harder mm -hmm. or easier. But that's not the only thing that that you know because mm -hmm. if we just think about that part we wouldn't do anything because uh, what's the point you know i would never get it mm -hmm. but that's not true maybe okay. you will mm -hmm. and you have to work twice as hard as a man but you will eventually you know yeah because i think as we stop looking at roles as gendered those things that we've allowed to be limits will go away. You're like, oh, she's really good as a person, not because she's a girl. You just happen to yeah. use the pronoun she, you know, or he's yeah. really caring, not because he's a boy, but because he he's been taught compassion, understanding the ability to have difficult conversations in arenas where dissent is not a problem. Disrespect is. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that got a little heavy. Maybe. <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> so how do you self-care? Since we are in the pandemic, it hasn't really gone away. It's just evolved <laughs> into something else with a new mutation too. How do you self-care during these times? Well, one of the things that actually saved me in this pandemic was definitely art. Art has been a really big part of, you know, me getting better. And uh, of course, that are still ups and downs, but art definitely helped me a lot in that. And with art, I've got uh, a whole community of people that I wouldn't get if I wasn't, you know, creating I wouldn't be on Supercorp Zine. 
I wouldn't be on Largo City. I wouldn't be doing this podcast. Mm-hmm. So yeah, a lot of people, a lot of things came because of art, and mm-hmm. you know, because of my my will to get better. I took some risks and I started posting and I I participated in in events and projects and this is helping me a lot. And also I started cooking a lot Mm because at the beginning of of the pandemic, I was still working. So Mm -hmm. I, I couldn't help, but I I got fired because of COVID Mm -hmm. and I I started helping my mom more at home. So I I started to cook and to learn a lot. Mm-hmm. And I started baking. I I never did like cook breads before and I started doing that and I really liked it. And um sometimes I get pissed and they don't come out as they should and you know it's sticky and it's not working but sometimes it's so good to you know have a homemade bread that (laughs) you did sometimes it's even better than the ones that you buy you know Mm -hmm. so yeah. yeah my bread attempts they always end up too they don't end nice they're rather hard I'm like yeah baking is a little bit harder at least for me, yeah. I just like throwing shit into the pot and going, hey, it's that. It's delicious. <laughs> sometimes it yeah. is. Sometimes it's not. <laughs> yeah. Depending of the of the day, I will just like do auto- automatically and I mm-hmm. won't even enjoy it. But mm-hmm. there are days that I will listen to my podcast. The, <laughs> my favorite podcast for cooking is the one that Katie McGrath, uh, you're dead to me. Yeah. And it's so good because they, they bring comedians and they bring a historian and they talk about an important event of history. And it's so funny. It's so good to learn, but also to laugh at the same time. And yeah, it's a really good podcast to do stuff like cooking and and drying and you know i love it (laughs) and so drawing this to a close any last words you want to say before we go um just uh thank you for having me thank you for coming on (laughs) it was awesome talking to you on our pre-chat and right now and i know we were both nervous, but it was it was cool. <laughs> and I hope I didn't I didn't mess up my English too much. <laughs> no, you're fine. You're good. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much for having me and yeah, it was fun. <laughs> All right. Thank you for coming on. All right, before we go, let listeners know where they can find you at. So people can find me on Instagram as Marti P uh, underline Art E and Incubus Chaos on Tumblr, Twitter, and TikTok. And you can follow me on Tumblr and Twitter as Fandom Is Us. 
On AO3 as Ayaka Spencer and on Instagram as the Podcat. All this info is available following the link in the description. A huge thank you to my lovely fan beans and Patreon supporters for tuning in. And last, don't forget to show some love to your favorite fandom creators. Always try to find that common ground, and no matter what anyone says, you are a creative and beautiful person. Peace out, Rainbow Chouts. And we're done. Bye. Bye bye. <laughs>